Hi, I'm Brian Buckalter, NCSM Awards Chairman, and welcome to Learning with Leaders. We're all math people. Thank you for joining me and my co-host, Katie Arrington, NCSM President-Elect, as we talk with bold leaders and influencers about their math journeys and contributions. Today, we will hear from our special guest about their inspiration, perceptions, and insights about instructional decisions that make mathematics welcoming and engaging to a broad audience. Listen and learn about how beliefs, practices, and policies must continue to advance to ensure that each and every person sees themselves as a capable and powerful mathematical thinker. Hello, listeners. I'm Katie Arrington. Welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders. This month's podcast is the kickoff of the series, We're All Math People, and we're sitting down with the current leaders of NCSM's professional learning efforts. That's right, Katie. You know, NCSM hosts a number of professional learning opportunities, and today we are chatting with the people in charge of designing those opportunities that foster connections and bring out the math person in each of us. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Aaron Lehman and Dr. Pam Seda, who are the current professional learning directors for NCSM, and Jenny Novak, who's previously served as the PD director and is now serving as second vice president. Together, they are fearless leaders of NCSM's professional learning team and initiative work. To begin, let's have each of you share with our listeners a little bit about your journey in mathematics education and supporting teachers, both in-service and pre-service, in their practices. Erin, would you like to go first? Oh, gosh, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Erin Lehman. I've had the, gosh, the best fortune ever to be an elementary math teacher, a middle school math teacher, and a math coach, a curriculum specialist, principal. And at this level now, I think, man, I get to do it even at a larger ripple effect as an assistant professor in the division of ed leadership. And so with all of that, I also get to be a consultant and I get to work with math leaders across the country and math teachers. So I would say professional learning has always been very close and near, dear, near and dear to my heart. So I think about a few things about the pre-service, in-service and supporting teachers. And I think about mathematics and I think about how much we need to no math, we've got to do some math. And really, as leaders, we just have to be the number one cheerleader for the leaders and for the teachers, because right now, education is not easy. And so as much as we can give hope and excitement to learning, we're doing our job. That is an incredible list of experiences, Erin. Thank you so much for being here to share with us. Uh, Pam, would you like to go next? Sure, I'm Pam Seda. I am currently a retired math educator in Georgia. I'm doing um, full-time educational consultant. And my journey, um, similar to Erin, I started out in, as, a, as a teacher, but I was a high school math teacher. I had the, my first probably experiences with uh, professional learning had to do when I became an instructional coach. Um, I was, I've been a district math supervisor for three different school districts. I've and I'm actually I've taught college mathematics, but currently I'm a part time instructor at Georgia State University preparing future pre service teachers. And so um, and the thing that I've always even when I was a teacher, I always thought about 
what did I want as a student? What did I need as a math student? And that's the kind, that's what I provided as a math teacher. And now as a professional uh, learning um, specialist or as a person who's providing professional learning, I think about what did I need as a teacher? What were the experiences that were very positive for me? And I was just very grateful that my very first three years of teaching in public education, I was a part of a grant with Georgia State University where I, I got to plan and teach and debrief a lesson with a college professor before coaching even was a thing. Um, and this was like in the early 90s. And I was just so grateful that I had the chance to look at um, re recording of my instruction and get feedback. And I used to be, I was way harder on myself <laughs> than in uh, the coach or my college professor ever was. So I was just grateful that that was what was considered normal. And for the rest of my teaching career, even, even my professional learning career, I'm always trying to do better and improve. Awesome, Pam, thank you so much for sharing that. I love that, thinking about what you needed as a student and trying to provide that as a teacher. Jenny, last but not least. Hey, everybody. Um, so similar to Pam, my math journey started as a high school math teacher and um, instructional team leader. And that's probably where my first professional learning experiences was, working with colleagues and, and planning things for teams and then other schools as well. Um, I then moved to central office and became a district-wide math coach and curriculum specialist. Um, from there, I became a district math supervisor and then eventually a state math supervisor in a different state. Um, then I came back to the district that I'm currently in, and for the last five years, I've been working as a curriculum director um, of all content areas. And so when I think about professional learning, particularly now in the work that I do um, within my district, but then also with NCSM, I try to think about uh, tailoring professional learning to who's going to have the greatest impact on instruction. And so what, what I've tried to do is work really hard with mathematics coaches um, at the local and then also across the nation and Canada as well. Um, but then the other stakeholder group that I, I try to focus a lot on is our administrators. And so how do we help support them in their understanding of mathematics? Um, and instruction, and then how can we help them be instructional leaders for their staff? Wow, listen, I don't think we could have introduced you all any better. Um, I love that given your current roles and supporting leaders in different areas of mathematics education that you have served in these roles uh, that you are now supporting. So I, I just think that's such a nice experience to really understand, as you mentioned, what these teachers and leaders are going through. Uh, nice. So let's talk about this process of professional development, professional learning. Let's talk about the beginning of the process for uh, of planning for professional development. How do you all decide the focus areas of the professional learning opportunities? I'll start and then I, I think Pam and Erin can join in too. So first of all, this is a great team to work with. I've worked with both Pam and Erin and so we're, NCSM is super lucky to have both of them. Um, in our roles as professional learning directors and then uh, through our professional learning initiative through NCSM, 
we really try to think about what our membership wants and needs. Uh, we look at, you know, what has been the most attended sessions at previous conferences, um, you know, what has been well attended in terms of our um, sessions that we have offered, and then also what's kind of on the forefront of what's happening in mathematics education um, and what other feedback we have received kind of anecdotally and then also through surveys. And all of that information comes together to help us think about how do we, you know, um, determine what those agenda topics are, what those themes are going to be. And so um, from our virtual series that we've had for the last several years to finally getting back in person for some of our events, and I know Pam and Aaron are planning some wonderful things for this summer as well. Um, and then also, you know, adding new events. So the virtual coaching labs, for example, came out of um, some inspiration that had come up in our previous seminars where, where a number of coaches were coming to those events and saying, I need more, I need more practice specifically with coaching. So as a group, we tried to respond to that and offer a new series. And so we're constantly taking information in um, based on what our, our membership wants and needs are, and then try to respond to that in different types of professional learning offerings. And I don't want to brag on Jenny too much, but I'm totally going to brag on Jenny right here because those virtual coaching <laughs> labs have really been Jenny's baby. She kind of started this and they, from the very first session to where, where we're at now, our numbers are doubling. So it's fantastic. And this is just Jenny's big idea. And who wants to do this with me? All right, let's go. So that's been really fun. Fantastic. That's awesome. And to piggyback on that, one of the other resources that we have been using have been our books, the Essential Action Series. And as we've been focusing on the Culturally Relevant Leadership book, which Jenny had was one of the major authors of that book. So as well as the some of the other essential actions. So um yeah, the, the the essential action series has been a great inspiration for many of our, our sessions as well. I love what you said, Jenny, really thinking about what is it that we're hearing people need. Our membership gives us lots of signals through what they're choosing to attend, the things they're asking for as far as resources and those kinds of things. I really love the, the virtual coaching series. We always have a huge interest in that, the ideas around coaching and how we effectively support teachers who we know are doing all the hard work in their classrooms and we just want to give them all the best support that we possibly can. So that that series really turned out so incredibly well. I'm so excited about them. Yeah, I don't know if y'all can hear, but the crowd's going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I will also second what Jenny said about Pam and Aaron, but include Jenny, we're all, NCSM is very lucky to have all three of these folks working um, for the membership mm -hmm. and in service to all of those hardworking math leaders out there, they're great supports. So let's talk about a little bit more about designing learning opportunities for teachers and leaders and really dig into how you plan for those professional learning um, opportunities to engage and connect with participants and really make them all feel like their thoughts are welcomed and valued. Sure, I'll start. One of the things that... Um we constantly get feedback as, as one of the best things about our seminars is teachers love the opportunity to be able to talk with each other and just be able to 
share their experiences and hear from the experiences of other people. And that's one of the wonderful things about being a national organization is that you can hear from people um, in similar settings as well as from different settings. And that is one of the ways that um, that has always been a strong suit that our participants really love. We also, we just tend to be, we have fun. It is, it, this is not a job. And we're, since we're not getting paid and it's voluntary, it's definitely not a job, right? It's fun. We have fun together. And I think it really comes across. We're welcoming. We um, give people opportunities to share where they're from um, and ask questions. And, and then I think one of the things that um, I know that Aaron and I really work hard on is we want to make sure that the information that they have an opportunity to process the information. So they're not just given information, they have an opportunity to use it, to apply it, to try some things out, let's see how this things work, get feedback. And so those are all things that we do to um, engage our participants. I love that, Pam. I, you know, it's unique being in an organization that consists of leaders. Everybody in our organization is a leader in math education. So I love that a big part of our professional learning is learning from each other. It's not necessarily that the person who's facilitating knows everything. We have some things to share, but we also really want to hear from you. You guys are math people. You guys are math ed leaders. We want to hear from you. And what do they say, Pam, usually when they're in their breakout rooms? Just five more minutes. We just need five more minutes. To <laughs> <laughs> share all those great ideas. Well, listen, that's when you know you've done something good when the people don't want to leave, right? <laughs> nice. Um, so while we are in this moment of reflection and we're down rolling down memory lane, uh, thinking back on some of your past professional learning experiences, what are some of your most memorable moments, both good and maybe not so good? I'll, I'll start because it actually builds on what Aaron just said about the give me five more minutes. So thinking back to us in the pandemic and having to switch over to completely virtual, we had already planned a three-day in-person um, you know, leadership academy. And with the pandemic, we, we were like, okay, can we switch this over to virtual? Well, we're going to figure this out and we knew that we did not want you know all of our views of things that had happened virtually were this webinar style you know speak sit and get kind of experience and we were like we're going to be doing three days we need to make sure it's i you know dynamic you know everybody's going to be able to get in and out of breakout rooms and so uh we had this plan that was super ambitious at the time we were like we're going to break up the breakouts and we're going to shuffle people like five times in the first you know morning of the of the day so that they can get to know each other because if they were in a room they would mingle and we had over 100 people come that very first time and the first breakout you know was way too short so they all came back and they were like i only got through two introductions can you and we're like all right we'll send you back and then the the folks working on the back end they were like all right I can't shuffle 120 people like in two minutes. So we're not gonna do that. So we just had to kind of say, all right, well, 
our, our plan was great. And maybe we're just going to have a couple of shuffles in the day. <laughs> there was like so much learning that first time we we're like, well, this isn't working, but okay. But everybody was really good and patient about it. But it just, every time I think about like the virtual, I think about that first experience where we're like, oh, we're going to do this and this and this. And then we're like, no, we're not, but that's okay. <laughs> now I feel like you're probably a pro, you know, exactly how many times to shift people and how long it takes. Had plenty of practice in the last year or so. And I didn't know that it could be organized. I just remember attending one of those sessions and I'm like, virtual learning can be organized. You feel connected to your group, to the larger group. And I was just so impressed with Mona and Jenny and Gina because they just took this craziness and like, ah, it'll be fine. <laughs> that is not the norm. Oh, and I have a bad example. Do you want a bad, like a non-example? Yes, yeah, listen, this, this podcast is real deal holy feel. Okay. So yes, feel the tea. <laughs> Once upon a time I attended this professional learning and I was so excited to learn this information that I just did not know. And so I kept thinking, I'm gonna get it, and then I'm gonna like what Jenny was saying, practice. But it was just like an eight-hour sit and get. I checked my email. I think I wrote a college paper. Like I was wow. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. It was. And so when you said that, like I'm so glad that you know professional learning is really focused on the learner rather than almost sometimes like I can just tell you what you need to know for eight solid hours. You remember oh. it, right? <laughs> I I remember um following um Jose Wilson on Twitter. And I remember him putting something out saying, you know, uh, equitable teaching is a vibe. And I was like, okay, I kind of get it a little bit. All right. And so then um, I was at a um, conference at NCTM conference. <laughs> and I remember, you know, one of the participants coming out up to me and just taking a picture with us and was, you know, very grateful for the opportunity. And later on, he uh, actually sent me a message uh, just recently uh, on Twitter and said, you know, how that had made his day and things like that. And he said, but this is the thing he still remembers. He says, I will never forget how you made me feel yeah. during that session. And then that's when I got, that's the vibe he was talking about. Really equitable math instruction really does touch how we make people feel. Do they feel motivated? Do they feel important? Do they feel valuable? Do they feel smarter? Or do they feel defeated and feel dumb? Like it yeah. really is that vibe. And so when he said that, it really made me uh, better understand what Jose Wilson was saying. Love, love, love. Absolutely. Incredible stories, you guys. I, I totally connect with so many of the things that you said. They resonate with me. The first real virtual online, we're going to make groups and we're going to have people going back and forth and we're going to, you know, really get them talking to each other. And there's a participant folding laundry and like gets up with their laundry basket, walking away from the computer. I'm like, no, no, that's, it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> like, back, please. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that we have figured out some things about how to group people and how to ask meaningful questions and give them time to process and all of those kinds of things that you guys were referring to. And through all of those learnings, uh, when you're thinking these days about creating learning experiences for teachers and for leaders, 
what advice would you give them that you wish someone had given you about a how, how to invite people to bring out that inner math person? I'll start with this one. I think the biggest thing that I will say, and it's been said before, is just have fun. You need to make learning fun for the participants. I don't care if they're students and I don't care if they're adult learners. If they're not having a good time, they're going to be, they're going to forget what they learn. Um, celebrate, celebrate the successes of what's happening around you, because if there's no time to celebrate even the smallest things, it's hard to want to learn and grow. So thinking about that, ensure that the learning is really purposeful. What is the purpose of that learning? Do the participants know? Is it focused? Do they actually know what it looks like and sounds like to be successful? Um, and then are those learning experiences inclusive and equitable? Because there's not a one size fits all approach to teaching and learning. So thinking about that with students, it's the same with adults. So we have to have, I would say, multiple ways for our participants to learn share it. This is the biggest thing. Like I couldn't do this out without Pam and I couldn't do this without Jenny, because when you are facilitating the professional learning, it should be shared leadership with that knowledge. Um, really, I love protocols, very much love protocols, help with organization, help with structure. So keep thinking about like, what is the end product? Again, what's that success look like? And then what does work on backwards? What do you need for your participants to actually have something, use something, produce something? And then I always say at the end, when you experience professional learning, what can you take away tomorrow, in three months, and in one year? And if you can put something in each of those three buckets, it was worth your time. Well, Aaron, that was a extensive list. I don't know how we can add to it. I, <laughs> maybe just one. I think I, I, so I was going through your list. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. The only thing I can think to add to that is uh, whether you're in the, the leader of the professional learning or the participant, particularly if you're a leader or a coach, it's okay to be vulnerable and uh, in that space. And so I, I like to think a lot about like, how do we make the professional learning, even if it's virtual, kind of a safe space. So whether that's in a small group setting or in the larger group, and sometimes that means that we need to model that and we need to take risks as our professional learning leaders too. Um, so yeah, be vulnerable. Um, and that helps you be more open and, and help people trust you more from that vulnerability. I love it. And I just want to piggyback on that, not only just model vulnerability, but just practice what you preach in general. Like if you're going to tell your participants to not use deficit language and use asset-based language, then you make sure you model that with your teachers. If you are telling people not to do sit and get, then don't do sit and get with your <laughs> teachers. It's really important to practice what you <laughs> preach. I saw you get some snaps there. <laughs> we may not have been able to hear them, but I definitely saw those snaps happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, it has been so insightful to hear about your past experiences, um, but to also hear about how you um, structure your learning experiences in the hopes that we can provide support to our listeners. We would like to thank today's special guests, Aaron, Pam, and Jenny, leaders of MCSM's Professional Learning Initiative. We hope that you have been inspired by this bold mathematics leadership conversation and will tune into our podcast series each month. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can learn more about NCSM, Leadership and Mathematics Education, and our upcoming professional learning events on the NCSM website, mathedleadership.org. You can also follow NCSM on Twitter at mathedleaders and using the hashtag NCSMBold. Until next time.